have your sports curiosity cured. Dajo, back to Slavin, he shot right on, rebounds out the front, chance up front, they score! veteran of the sports reporting game for over 25 years. Dumping the puck all the way down the ice. Demko gave it away to Charlie Coyle. Puts one in front and they score in the rebound. Brad Marshall. Breaking down Edmonton's favorite teams. Looking for a lane. He shoots. Save made by Kemper. Rebound. Oh, Stenlick just missed. Kemper got a piece of it. Went right through him. It's Kulikov. In front. Lombard score! The Lombardini is loose. It's 3-2 Florida. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. All right, here we go for Saul 109 on a beautiful day, February the 9th, minus 7 out there. Coming into the studios here, looking for a high of minus three today, even better on the weekend. And it is, the weekend is here. It's uh, time to tear up the old pea patch clicker in a schnell and make a fast break to the 11 o'clock hour. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Kevin Carey Show on 1440. Uh, also streaming on iHeartRadio, TuneIn app, sports1440.ca. And of course, if you miss any parts of the show, you can catch up by uh, searching the Kevin Carey Show on Apple Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or even Amazon, and uh, be sure to subscribe. Select that auto download thing so you never miss a second of the show. Nice to get that out of the way. <laughs> Let's welcome in our Friday co-host uh, to the big program, Eddie Steele. Good morning, Eddie. Good morning, boys. How are you guys doing? Wow, doing great. Ready for the big weekend. Ready for well, a couple of Oiler games tonight and tomorrow, and then Super Bowl Sunday. Jam-packed weekend. It is really. I can't wait. You got three quality nights of TV and, well, afternoon kind of into the night on, on Sunday. Do you like the Super Bowl start time, Eddie, always later afternoon, or would you rather have it just a tad earlier? You know, I, I could go just a tad earlier as I yeah. age, you know, <laughs> just solely for the fact because it's a four-and-a-half-hour, five-hour yes. event. It, it's, it's long. It is long at the end of the day. You know, you got the pregame. Halftime and a little post game. I, I always feel, you know, everyone wants to see the halftime show. That's a big thing nowadays. But once that third quarter starts, everyone's sort of in that comatose, that turkey comatose from uh, Thanksgiving Day kind of thing. It's true. The nachos. You know, yeah, everything's nachoed out. Chicken wings are catching up to you. Yeah, right to the dome. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of. I'll feel be like, there. Yeah, and you're starting to go. Okay, well, and hopefully it's a good game at that point because maybe that helps you get through third quarter and, and fourth quarter. I was thinking that to myself as well. You know, at the end of the day, I just want a good game yeah. to keep me entertained. That more than anything, you know, the Chiefs will probably win it, which I don't well, want. That's... I don't want, but... Nobody wants the Chiefs to win. No, they've won so much they've turned into a villain, which is a good which problem. Is fine. Yeah, yeah. Every sports needs one. And some people, I think, want Brock Purdy to win. I think you can uh, enough of the talk about yeah. he's just a guy on the team. He is he's a good player. He's a good player. Enough of him just being a, a role player as a quarterback. He's a good leader, good quarterback. 
Kevin Carius, Eddie Steele with you, Sports 1440. And, of course, Eddie Steele is brought to you by Bonton Bakery. Bonton Bakery has been an Edmonton fan favorite since it opened in 1956. Their slow and steady approach is a tradition they are proud of, and it shows in their products. You can order online at bonton.ca. So kind of bigger news with the Oilers yesterday, Eddie, with some changes with the lines and uh, defense pairings. After practice yesterday, uh, the practice is held where uh, Coachella Valley plays, uh, the Accusure Arena, beautiful facility. Um, head coach Chris Knobloch said mostly about the defense pairings. We're not exactly 100% sure we'll go with them, but most times the coach won't muddle around and you know mess around with some tweaks. So I think the big one everyone t- is talking about is Vincent DeHarnay playing with Darnell Nurse. And you've been a big fan of Vinny D. I have. You have. And uh, this is a, if this happens, it's a big opportunity for a guy who has kind of elevated his game, kind of like the Ram elevators and lifts, continued to elevate his game since he got here kind of thing. Uh, a couple of thoughts on this. One, good for Vinny, and I believe that you could see it with his game, the evolution, just the confidence. I've heard so many people talk about it, and the eye test shows it mm-hmm. just with the puck on his stick, the passes that he's making. He's not just uh, off the boards and out anymore. But So that's the one factor. The other factor is um, Ekholm down with CeCe. Now, what is that? I know that's not, a, that's it, not on no, Ekholm. No, no. No. Is that to protect CeCe? Because I'm hearing a lot of noise about CeCe uh, with the deadline looming here. Why is CeCe all of a sudden a third-pairing guy when for the majority of the season he was number one with Nurse? Right. Uh, I don't know if it's 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 not an indictment on CeCe to, to what you're kind of getting at. This is maybe spreading it around a little bit more. Okay. Now, the other, the main point here or the main thing to watch, and it'll be harder to get a gauge on tonight because Anaheim is, you know, they're not one of the poorer teams in the league. So Vinny DeHarnay, when he was playing with Brett Kulak, he's facing third line, fourth line. You know, he's not facing one or two. Darnell Nurse is up against the best the other team has every night. So now, instead of CeCe and being, you know, having uh, a real veteran presence, and I know people have been on CeCe. I, 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 I get some reasons why. I didn't get why a lot of people were on him for the second goal, like saying it was totally his fault the other night. But so in my mind, Eddie, that you have DeHarnay now, he's going to have to play against these top guys. So We'll see. We'll see how he reacts to that. So it would be liking it to yourself. So as a D lineman, well, you know, all of a sudden you're you, you might be playing some. I'm not saying there's easier downs, but there's easier parts of the game. But so now you're going up, and you're you're facing there's easier competition too. There you go. So you're facing um, different points and parts of the game where you have to be a lot even better than what you've been doing. For sure, for sure. And that's what I'm most curious and interested to see is can Vinny uh, level his game up to another another notch to play against the Mm -hmm. top-notch competition because to have a guy with his size, his length, the space that he takes up, if he can take up minutes... Not saying that he'll take up the amount of minutes as Nurse, but if he can take up minutes against the opposition's top players, boy, that's a good thing for him. And he's going to get paid. He, yeah, he's he's <laughs> going to get a big... If he can continue his progression here, yes, he's going to make a lot more. He'll, he'll be tripling his wage. What a story, too, out you of know, nowhere. Minimum like tripling out of nowhere. his wage, probably. So, yeah, well, you know, it's, again, 
he's a guy, you know, he's one of the, my, when you go down the room, almost one of my favorite interviews because he's pretty well-spoken, smart, both languages, you know, so there's another thing. Um, every time, you know, French TV is down there. I mean, obviously he's the number one guy that gets, Absolutely. you know, so he's got to, uh, he has to kind of cater to that, but his answers are well thought out. You know, he's not giving you the canned answers a lot of the time. And I think he's worked extremely well with Paul Coffey too. And, and, and Stewie, Stewie. Evidently. You know, so, but for you, Eddie, and you know this, Eddie, confidence. It's so everything. You, it's everything. And for some reason, some players can keep it longer, which is the key. And when they don't have it, they get it back quicker. Yeah. So yeah, that's... And it's the confidence is it's amazing how the the peaks and valleys that confidence or lack of confidence can take you into mm-hmm. because I've experienced it, man. And when you have confidence, when you have a game where you have a sack and a couple of tackles, it's a big difference as opposed to if you have a game where you got pancaked a couple of times <laughs> and it's a couple of bad plays on film where you're worried about your job the next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the other kind of tweak, it'll be Corey Perry looking like he'll move up play with Leon Dreisaitl and Evander Kane. Leon Dreisaitl is, you know, basically, it's almost like Nashville 2.0 against the, the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Leon, game. 38 games, he's got 27 goals, 28 assists against the Ducks, 55 points. That includes the playoffs. Had a real good playoff run. So that's in his, in the last 38 games against the Ducks. So almost playing, the, just like uh, Nashville Predators, you were talking about that. Oh, the last time they played the Preds, well, well, Neon will get what three, four points tonight. And lo and behold, <laughs> <laughs> kind of the same thing. NFL, they had their awards kind of banquet ceremony. Did you keep an eye on that yeah, last night? I kept some yeah. tabs on it. It was good to see. I mean, everything kind of played out as I thought would. How yeah. about you? Well, we were playing in Toefield last night with the critter, so I didn't get to. Mm. I just kind of watched it when I crawled into bed. And I, the only thing that I saw before I fell asleep was, and it was a rerun, obviously, was the um, the 2024 Hall of Fame inductees. That was. I'm glad yeah. you brought that up. Yeah. That's okay. uh, man, it's unique seeing guys who like you really were kind of in your prime teenage years, yeah. really watching ball. Now going into the Hall of Fame, it's like holy smokes! It's uh, it's pretty wild to see the guys I grew up watching now getting into the Hall of Fame. Deservedly so. Yeah, Devin Hester was one, and, you know, again, really kind of set the bar. He did for returners, returners. specialists. Uh, The one that really stood out uh, to me that just shows and signifies how special of a player he was was Patrick Willis. Right. Short career, retired early. Like, this guy played eight years, um, seven Pro Bowls out of eight seasons, the best linebacker in the league for San Fran for the majority of those eight years, and uh, just retired at, at mm-hmm. a young age, under 30, I believe, or right around 30. He was, yeah, and you're, you're right. Just I think he's doing some tech things now in uh, Silicon smart Valley. Smart guy, yeah. Yeah, but that, that's pretty cool to see, and that's a testament to how good he was, man. Eight years of Pro Ball Hall of Famer, wow. Mm-hmm. The NHL kind of does something like this, and, and they do, but they don't do it on the same level, and that's the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. You see, you know, the NFL has the King Clancy, and, you know, they've got some other awards that are kind of fragmented from this, from the entirety of the Walter Payton Award. But it seems that if you're in, if you're an NFL player, that this is the, you want to win this award. You want to be recognized with the great Walter Payton. So did you kind of see that last night? So it was a Cam, Cam Hayward of uh, the Steelers. Steelers, yeah. So. Yeah, and uh, that is, it's fitting, Cam Hayward. He's been, I think, up for that award a couple of times over his career. 
but that that is one of the one awards that you want to have mm-hmm. your name next to because not only is it Walter Payton and everything that he represents on the field, but off the field, the way you carry yourself, man of the year. Yeah. And that's more than just uh, football player of the year. That's everything all encompassed. Right. That's the whole thing. It's, it's again, the, N- the NHL has it sort of with, uh, you know, a couple of awards that they do, but mm. they don't have it like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe it's something the NHL can look at it maybe all in comp- Maybe it's better to be fragmented. I don't know. It's, the it's NHL different. has a ton of awards. I got to do some better research <laughs> on like, because yeah, like, the Lady Bing, yeah. that's one of them, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, there, there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Hey, remember it is Feel Good Friday, so uh, let's feel good about everything today going into the weekend. Of course, playlist Friday. Did you get your song into the Duke? I yet? haven't yet, but I do have a, a song that I'm going to slide over to him. Oh, really? See if he can find. Duke was playing for the uh, Tropicana Orangemen last night. I headed out to Tofield to play for the Critters. Another big win for the Critters in Tofield. Thanks to everybody in Tofield. We're going to talk about this uh, when we have some open time, uh, just to recognize everybody in Tofield. It was the fire department uh, against uh, the the Critters, and there there was one one uh, young woman on that was playing for, on the fire department, and she ran into one of her own guys, and the, she just he I like and this was a big guy, and I think her her head was down and it was right in front of the bench. And she just got crushed lambasted and you know it was a total accident but it took she got up and she was a total trooper like uh, she bounced back oh she oh, bounced okay, back good, i'm good. gonna try to if, if anyone in tollfield's listening send us if you know the, the lady's name uh yeah, the firefighter shout name. her out she was just and she got up and then i talked to her after i said that you got your bell rung there and he goes she goes yeah i sure did so, <laughs> keep uh, that head up yeah, exactly. Keep the head up. Uh, coming up after the break, we'll uh, check in with Carter Hutton from the Daily Faceoff. Jordan Hall at 8 o'clock. Dave Naylor, who you're going to be excited to talk about CFL and NFL, at 8.20 from TSN. He's down in Vegas uh, for the Super Bowl, but lots happening with the CFL as well. Mark Spector, in case you haven't been aware and made, uh, and Marty Stevens was talking about this, he actually, during the game, uh, Duke, last night, he said, hey, Carius, what time is Spector on? Tomorrow on, because this has been a running joke all week. Oh, right? man, I was going to make a joke. My thunder <laughs> oh, just got no, stolen. <laughs> you can still do it. You can still do it. Uh, real cool interview coming up at 920. Brian Conacher, he played with the Toronto Maple Leafs the last time they won the Stanley Cup. He was recognized at the NHL All-Star Game. But I, I did a deeper dive with Brian Conacher. And I send a, a post out. I don't normally do a lot of posting, as you know, Duke. But Brian Conacher was the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers and the WHA for one season. And the Oilers have only had 10 GMs, Te- technically 10 and a half. Keith Gretzky was an interim for a little bit. But for to have 10 GMs in, well, since 1971, that's, that's pretty... That's, it is. You know, With a, a rich history, too. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, Emerson Edom uh, will check in from the Anaheim Ducks. He's an analyst with the team. Uh, a great junior career in Medicine Hat and looking forward to that conversation as the Oilers get ready for Anaheim tonight. And then I think we'll have Paul Sir on the basketball show starting here on Sports 1440 tomorrow. And Can't wait. I mean, Paul's as good as it gets when it comes to basketball knowledge at every level, yeah. which is hard to do. Mr. Basketball. It is hard to do. When we come back, we'll uh, check in with Carter Hutton from the Daily Faceoff, Kevin Curious, Eddie Steele, Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, can't beat the Peppers. Uh, playlist Friday, Feel Good Friday. Send us in a request if you would like to. Um, time now to 
Elevate your game for Ram Elevators and Lifts. Unlock the potential of your place with a home elevator or lift. You can learn more at TrustRam.com as we welcome in Carter Hutton to the show for a third time uh, on Sports 1440. Good morning, Carter. You're with uh, Kevin Carries and CFL Grey Cup champion Eddie Steele. Good morning. Kevin, Eddie, how are you doing? Glad to be on. Third time's a charm here. Excited to uh, get back on there. Last two, I kind of dodged. I was on vacation with my kids, so I got the call back, and I was pumped to jump back on. Yeah, well, I have to. I really have to apologize from the last time you were on because I, as soon as I said it, I went just a second. I got to remember the first time you were on. You were with on. You were on with Grant Fuhr. I our, was our co-host. The second time you were on, I said, "You know what? We got to get you on when Grant is on." And I could hear you on. I just felt it through after I said it, and then I went, "He was on already." Like what a dummy <laughs> I was to say it. So I, my apologies for not remembering. But uh, good to have you on again, Carter. No problem. Glad to jump on. Obviously, uh, you know, obviously an honor talking to Grant. I got to meet him a little bit when he was yeah. playing golf in Thunder Bay. So great guy, and obviously. Uh, Hockey Hall of Famers. So for me, someone I look up to and always nice getting to uh, pick his brain and hear his side of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with the Oilers goaltending situation. And I'm sure you've been keeping a close, keen eye on it. And just how impressed have you been with the play of Stu Skinner here, you know, when the Oilers were on their little run and just even the other night in, in Vegas? Uh, your thoughts on Stu? You know, honestly, it, it's not just the results that I love. It's the way he's playing now. I think when the first time I was on was when he was struggling and they had the whole issue early in the season, and um, you know, before Jack Campbell got sent down and it was kind of chaos, right? So I think Jack getting sent down and being like, here's the keys to the castle, Skinny. This is your job. Run with it. He just looks calmer, more confident. I think the team is playing a better game as well. You know, it's less reckless. You, you have your superstars buying into the way they need to play. So for me, I think it's just instilled throughout the team that he is making those saves that early in the year they weren't making. And as a goalie, I've had times where, you know, I've struggled as well. And you can tell the team grips are stick a little tighter. It's harder to play the same way when you don't trust your goalie. And I think right now they have bought in. He's playing well. And for me, you know, this team is looking like a juggernaut. Carter, sticking with the Oilers here, uh, with Jack Campbell's play really starting to come along down in the AHL, would you even consider uh, recalling him, bringing him back, or would you just not want to mess with what's going on? I think it's really hard to mess with what's going on, right? I know there's so much different, uh, you know, especially in this cap space era where you're dealing with, you know, it's a big contract down in the minors, but for me... My take is just to get him away from the group right now. If you start bringing him in, you don't want him. If it's not broke, don't fix it, right? And Picard has gone in and played well when he's got a chance to get in. And for me, it's maybe it's playoff time or something. You just have that depth. You have him around if you have to go to him. But I think right now to bring somebody in, you know, it makes it a little tricky, right? It's kind of the same at trade deadline. Some teams that are playing well, you go and make a trade, it might mess up the gel of the team. And that's kind of where I think they're at right now. Carter Hutton, uh, Daily Faceoff, our guest, Kevin Carey's Eddie Steele, on a Friday morning on Sports 1440. Uh, Cal Pickard is going to start tonight, Carter. What what do you make of how he's come in and played, you know, once every five games or so and, and really, really done the job? You know, I obviously Cal's a veteran. I, I You know, I've been with him a bunch. I've played against him coming up. You know, we're, we're kind of in a similar spot at once in our career, right? You know, he's been a good number three. He's got a lot of time in the NHL. I kind of broke in a little earlier and had more time substantial in the NHL. But for him, he's a veteran guy. He understands his role. He's not going to rock the boat. He's not going to mess with Stu. And that's important, right? And for me, I've been in that situation when you're only playing one every five or once every two weeks. You know, it's easy to kind of drift away. But for him, with his experience and his 
repertoire of just being in these situations. He knows how to play on limited games and getting in there and no excuses, getting the job done. So I think he's a perfect fit for the situation. And for me, he's done, he's played so well. So tonight to see him get this start is good. I think to get back in there and the same time, you need to get him in there once in a while because Skinner needs his rest, right? Because at the end of the day, the ultimate goal is to play well when the playoffs start. So you know all about that. How tough is it to come in there and play, you know, once every five games or so and, you know, make sure that you're sharp to give your team a chance to win? You know, honestly, I, th- I think for me, I-, I really learned that when I was playing in Nashville. I was playing behind Pekka Rene. I think one of the years he was up for the Vesna and he was playing so well. And then one of the years he was struggling. So it was either Pekka was playing really good, he had to play, or he was playing really bad, he had to play. So it was like one or the other. There was no, they had to get him going or they wanted to keep him playing. So I think the biggest thing you need to get over is the fact that, you know, I haven't played in a while. You know, I'm not in a rhythm, you know, because if you're not going to do it, somebody else is going to do it. Right. So the feeling sorry for yourself Mm -hmm. because you're not getting minutes. So the way I viewed it was I would set myself up for success in the way that I practiced and the way I prepared and the way I put my work in off the ice. And I would never fall back on, Hey, I didn't play because nobody wants to hear that. Right. So I think for me, this situation where Skinner is playing, Picard knows his role. He's a veteran guy. He's excited to be in the NHL, let alone he's not mad about getting minutes. So I think for him, managing those emotions and having the experience makes it a perfect fit for him in Edmonton. Carter, I was going to ask you something else, but you just uh, you got my mind wandering as you were speaking there. Uh, keeping it real, bro, what's one of the biggest challenges of being a goalie? Uh, that is one of them. You know, honestly, like not playing on rest. Um, And just the fact of like, when you're fighting it, like your team is not going to win. Like if you are not playing well, it's just an automatic kind of loss. Right. So I think that is probably the biggest pressure you wear on your chest is in the sense of everything falls with you. Right. If, you know, a D man or a forwards having a bad night, there's a way to kind of, you can erase those mistakes and get through it. Where if you're a goalie and you're fighting it and, you know, you seem to hear in Toronto and Ontario when Samsonov was struggling, it was almost painful to watch. Like you felt for the guy Mm -hmm. and I've been in those situations. So I think that's the hardest part of like, it's the cross you bear as a goalie, right? Where if you're having a good night, you're the hero. Everybody loves you. But if you're off, man, you feel it. The crowd's booing you. And especially nowadays, you can't turn your phone on without someone telling you how bad you suck. No yeah. doubt. <laughs> Carter Hutton, Daily Faceoff, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with co-host Eddie Steele. Uh, love your uh, DFO when you do the starting goalies, uh, Carter, and kind of do a deeper dive. And you did that uh, with the Calgary game last night with New Jersey. Can you just touch on your when you're kind of setting the table for that and when you're kind of doing that deeper dive, what's your mindset to kind of throw that all together and and put it together in a a neat little, you know, two, three minute segment? You know, honestly, I just try to find games that I think are going to move the needle a bit where there's might be a bit of a storyline, you know, especially in the goalie department, right? I'm trying to, and then at the same time, not that I'm a pro better by any means, but, you know, just try to see patterns, right? I found throughout my career finding goalies that are playing well or, you know, kind of streaking at the right times. Teams in rhythm tend to stay, you know, going that way. And also finding back-to-backs or teams that have traveled on the road. You know, sometimes you kind of find little unique uh, hits like that. I think I just use my experience, what I found over my career. But for me, it's just the fact of, like, finding goalies that are playing well make a big difference in a game, right? Guys that are in rhythms, guys that are fighting it. So, and for me last night, I obviously, I, I hit the flame. So I don't know if you knew that one, but we'll take yeah. the flames on the road. I'm sorry yeah. to do that to the Edmonton fans, no but I had to take that one. Yeah, no problem at all. 
Carter, uh, just with the deadline looming, uh, focusing around the league, uh, who are some of the more major focus, f- focuses for trade targets in terms of goalies around the league? So I think right now, like Montreal's got to be right up there, right? With Jake Allen, they've been carrying three all year. I feel like Kent Hughes has done a good job of keeping those three in rotation. And Sam Montembeau has taken a big step forward to be a starter. So I think Jake Allen becomes one of those veteran pieces. He's won a Stanley Cup before. There's a potential that he gets moved and it might be at like a limited cost where I also put Marc-Andre Fleury in that category, you know, as a guy that could be a rental player to go to a team, you know, even like Edmonton where he'd be happy to sit on the bench and just play once in a while and just be that guy that just in case. Um, and then the big name guys for me, obviously Jacob Markstrom, you know, a guy with term who could get moved along those lines, like John Gibson. Those are kind of the guys where if you're making a move for those guys, you're kind of got to give up a little more. So it'd be interesting. Obviously Elvis Merlukens in uh, Columbus has asked for a trade, but he hasn't played well enough to be demanding those trades at that contract, which is kind of showed. So I always find that a bit comical, right? I understand these younger guys are a little more outlandish and they, and they think they want the world, but you know, you got to put up or shut up kind of thing. So it's, it's been an interesting market. It'll see how it'll be interesting how this plays out. Cause there's a lot of teams that are, not having great years goaltendingly statistically. Like if you look at Carolina, they're second last in the league right now in save percentage. So if they start getting some saves, they're going to be a pretty dominant team come playoff time. Yeah, what do you make of like even with uh, Carolina's situation in goal, uh, you know, with Kachetkov and, you know, um, uh, Ranta got the hook again. Or no, he got injured again and came back and Kachetkov got the hook. And What do you make of what's going on there in, in Carolina? Yeah, it's frustrating because you, you've seen them start to play better now and get get a little bit of goaltending. So now to have the injury, Kochekov gave one up the other night from center ice, yeah. which was tough uh, to watch. And, and obviously, Freddie Anderson is mm-hmm. a big-name goalie and a guy that I played a lot of games against, but he's just always been so injury-prone. So it's one of those things where Carolina's built to win. Like, they have a good team. They're coached well. They play the right way. But they just haven't been able to get consistent goaltending and healthy goaltending, which is hard to come by nowadays where when, especially when you have a platoon of three guys that can all play, but no one's really kind of grabbed it and run with it. So that would be a team that wouldn't surprise me if they could make a move to someone that's kind of stabilize that position, because that is a team I think in that, conference nobody wants to meet especially in the eastern conference nobody wants to play that team come playoff time because in a seven game series they're going to make it really hard on you carter hutton with us on sports 1440 wanted your thoughts on aiden hill we saw him the other night against the oilers made 30 saves was the reason that the vegas won the game and even go back to last year's playoffs he was one of the big big reasons that vegas eliminated the oilers what do you make of his style for one thing, and just the fact that, you know, he's, his goals against is under two. Can he win the Vesna with limited games played? A lot of questions in there, but kind of wrap it up if you can. Yeah, you know, I, I think for me, obviously, he needs a bigger sample size, but um, what he's done over the last season and this season is truly mm-hmm. awesome. It's fun to watch. I think if I was a betting man, like if I was to do a bet 365 on him at the start of the year, I would have never guessed he would have continued on from that Stanley Cup performance. You know, he's kind of more of a backup bouncing around, solidifies himself, wins the Stanley Cup, and comes back and answers the bell this year. It's been pretty impressive. So I also believe he's a product of a well-defended hockey team too, right? There's nights where he's really good, but if you watch him, he's never out of position. He plays a bit deeper. And another guy I would consider him in that category would be like Connor Hellebuck. They play deeper in the net. They let the game come to them. They use their size to their advantage. But what Aiden Hill has done this year has been very impressive. So it'll be interesting as long as he can stay healthy down the stretch here and get in a bunch of games. I think he puts his name in the hat for the Vesna, but with only 19 games played compared to like Connor Hellebuck's 36 or Swayman's 28 and Stuart Skinner's 35, you know, there's just not enough sample size for me. But 
the way he's playing is if I was a betting man, I did not think he was going to get it done. So, but he is, uh, he's really uh, shut me up this year. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Now that the uh, all-star weekend is in the books <laughs> here behind us, I just want to get a goalie's perspective of uh, the skills comp and what you thought of that, man. That looked pretty taxing to me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's never uh, – I feel like the goalies are always just a hung out the dry when it comes to those competitions. But at least they threw in a hundred grand for uh, Georgiev picking up the win. So it, it, it's nice to see them in the net trying, you know, giving her – because sometimes I know in years past they do like the shootout moves and you can tell the goalies don't even know what to do. They're just kind of awkwardly standing there trying to let the guy score. So it's nice to see them playing and playing well and, and moving and showing their athleticism because I think at times during a game – people don't realize how explosive and how athletic the goalies are in this position, right? Where when you watch the fastest skater, or you watch these guys go through the skills competitions, you know, you watch Connor McDavid skate laps. You're like, you know, it's pretty eye opening how amazing athletes they are. So for me, getting to see the goalies be involved in these games and, and show their athleticism is always fun. And, you know, they obviously had a limited sample size of it this year, but at least it was cool to see them out there actually giving it their all. Have you decided or whittled down your starting goalies for DFO for tonight? I uh, so I so I don't do a Friday game. Oh, okay. So I'm 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 looking at tomorrow. So I'm I'm not too sure yet who I'll go with. Um, but I I usually kind of come up with it the day of once I have some confirmed starters. So right. it'll be interesting. But if I was to pick today, like looking at the schedule, I like this I like this Minnesota Pittsburgh game because Flurry's mm-hmm. playing. So that would be definitely one that I would kind of bite into and try to. Uh, get the storyline going there yeah big history with the pens and obviously good buddies with sid and all that do you know like how many do you know of all the practical jokes and things that flurry has done over the years or is that is that in the goal is that in the goalies union that you don't kind of release no no that's good stuff I, i i can't say that i know them all but i know he's a practical joker i've kind of uh I used to endeavor into some of those too with the younger guys. I remember one time when we were at Buffalo, we had the rookies. It was Tage Thompson, Casey Middlestat, uh, Rasmus Dahlin, me and Zach Bogosian. We had bought them uh, all pink dress shoes because we were on like a big Western road trip. So after the first practice in uh, Calgary, I think we started in, uh, they went to their stalls, put their suits on, and we had all the size, nice, bright pink dress shoes. So they had to wear them for about 10 days or something <laughs> on the road. So I thought that was a good one. Oh, good stuff. Hey, uh, Carter, thanks for your uh, time tonight. Third time was a charm. Thanks a lot for coming on, uh, and have a good weekend. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. That's Carter Hutton from the Daily Faceoff. And uh, Elevate Your Game, uh, Elevate Your Game, uh, brought to you by Ram Elevators and Lifts, manufacturing the safest elevators since 1987. Trustram.com. Man, uh, you know, that he, goalies, no goalies. It's just the way it is, right? They do. You know? they do. And, and all goalies, not all, but more goalies than any other player become commentators. You know, because they 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 can see the whole thing. It's like baseball. Catchers become great commentators. Never even thought of that, yeah. but you're right. Backup KK. quarterbacks. Backup, because you're watching. They, you're yeah. watching. You're watching. they become coaches. Yeah. Uh, you see the game at like a different level and a different perspective, obviously. So I think you hit the, the first two on the head, and I would throw backup QBs as the third one as like who's the, the most who, most relevant. Who's the, like as a commentator, the best backup QB commentator? Would you say? <sighs> well, can you count Fitzpatrick? Because he, he started, he started a lot, He's, obviously, but he yeah. also was a backup for a long time too. But I, yeah, I think I think backup quarterbacks more so lend themselves to the coaching 
and uh, general even, manager. You don't field. even have to say backup. Maybe say all. You know, just like, quarterbacks. You know, quarterbacks. Yeah. You see the game totally. in different ways. Be way, safer. Right? You, you, you can be safer. Ga- yeah, you see the game in a much different light. You yeah. do offensive players in general. Mm-hmm. I found that when I went over to play offensive line for a couple of weeks. Holy. Night and day defense, it's see ball, get ball. <laughs> Offense, you got to think but and be cerebral. Here's, here's a question for you. You know what? We'll do in or out at 840. Can we do that? Yeah, and then we'll come back. We'll talk about this. Uh, uh, kind of a good little dynamic here that I wanted to get your perspective on. Uh, Kevin Carey, Eddie Steele, stay with us. Uh, Sports 1440 right after the break. All right, welcome back to the big program, 742 in Edmonton. Kevin Carey, Eddie Steele on a great Friday heading into the weekend. It is Playlist Friday. Send us in a request if you want. Feel good Friday. Just feel good if you want. How's that sound? Oh, we feel good. We were talking about sports commentators, uh, broadcasters, analysts before we kind of went into the break. And my question to you, Eddie, was, you know, we see a lot of quarterbacks we see you know there's a lot of running backs receivers yeah maybe maybe more offensive players than defensive players that are commentators or analysts that have moved on and on pretty well all levels maybe why is that why do you think that is you know the the reality is as i was talking about earlier before the break i really think offensive players see the game a little bit differently like i'm not taking anything away from defensive players i considered myself and was considered a smart defensive player yeah. but having said that when you go over to the other side of the ball uh, it's slowed down. The game is a lot more meticulous, um, a lot more methodical, mm-hmm. and a lot more precise than uh, the defensive side of the ball. And I think these guys, they can see it and they can break it down in a way. You have to be well-spoken. So that's this is why you have ventured in. You're very well-spoken, Eddie, and you have the ability to be cerebral and be able to jump in on any topic for one thing which has got to be hard to, for you to do because if you, if this were flipped around and you started pasting me with you know football questions uh you know nickel cover two cover three blah 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 yeah i'm i'm gonna make myself it's sound funny stupid, so. <laughs> that's funny you say that because even with that being said i think about this job and just in my travels in the car and i think oh man people who really know the NHL, really know the Oilers. They can talk this league in and out. <laughs> Man, I could I could talk depth chart, defensive tackles, yeah. and offensive guards till the cows come home. But you got to adapt, and you got to be able to uh, to fit in different circumstances. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, what what pros do, right, KK? Yeah. Well, you just try to get through it as best you can. You you know you prepare. That's it's just like anything. Prepare you for prepare and try to execute the best you can. And mm-hmm. if you've done the first part as as thorough as possible, the second part becomes a little bit easier. I have a question for you sure. in this era, this kind of generation right now. Who are some of your favorite broadcasters? Oh, that's a really good question. And I, I guess I'm more kind of old school. And I, I end up always thinking of Vin Scully because Vin would do the baseball game by himself. Amazing. Very little. You know, back in the day, you know, he had Joe Garagioli as a, as a color uh, analyst. and uh, But if you ever watched even Vin at the tail end of his career, he still was able to spin the yarn and tell the story of the ball game from inning one to inning nine. Uh, he had a little, some breaks there at the end of his career. He was, he was in his 90, you know, totally, he's 90 years old. Totally. But he was still able to spin that yarn and mm-hmm. tell the story and weave it. 
as eloquently as anyone. Yeah. So there's some newer ones. You know, I, I enjoy, you know, I like Jim Nance, obviously. I, I, we've talked about that with the Duke, only because I I always, and he has, he's not doing it anymore, but Jim Nance in the spring would go from the Final Four on the Monday. Yes. And then zip to Augusta. Right to the Masters. You know, so that was always cool. That was iconic like, voice. I was always like, how do you do that for that week? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so for you, what about, like Chris Walby, an offensive lineman, was a really great, Analyst on CBC he was. for many years. He, he was in the CFL. I grew up watching yeah. him actually. And another Chris, my answer would be Chris Cuthbert. There you go. Iconic yeah. voice. Yeah. Iconic voice. And when I he was uh, doing CFL on TSN still when I entered the league and uh, had a couple chances to have some pregame tapings mm-hmm. done with him and. Man, it was like, oh, kind of iconic. Like, I'm sitting in front of an idol that I grew up yeah. listening to. It was so cool. Such a good guy, too. CC is uh, one of the all-time greats. He used to work with another guy that I'm good friends with doing CBC football back in the day. And, and he was actually really good, uh, is Danny Kepley. Oh, so yeah. Kep yeah. was a really good analyst. Really good. Um, and he had the ability to... Because I mean, he was one of the best defensive players, mm-hmm. you know, in in CFL history, mm-hmm. and he and he was really well spoken. He was articulate. He was and quick, uh, and that was at in the early part of his kind of broadcasting career. He kind of hit some had some problems and some some struggles, you right. know, you know, away from the field and, and away from the game and things. And mm-hmm. you know, he's rectified a lot of that stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, good on him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's I mean, there's so many great. Broadcast. Uh, the other guy that I was, Kevin Harlan is another guy. Kevin, yes. That and mostly because he does radio and he's do, does some basketball too. But yep. yeah, you know. Kevin definitely uh, NBA on TNT. <laughs> I remember a lot of him. Uh, text coming in now, everyone. Uh, Chris Schultz. There's another one. Here's okay. So now there's a D lineman. Yeah. So oh, one, he was an O lineman. O lineman. Sorry, yeah, pardon yeah. me. Yeah. Um, Schultz. Yeah, Schultz. My mistake. He was great. But, um, he was really good. Mm-hmm. But was he better? Here's another Duke Dunnigan, not this Duke. <laughs> Matt Dunnigan, his nickname is the Duke too, as well. So when he goes on the panel, I'm not like I think he likes it better in the field, a little more uh, freedom. Yeah, yeah. When, the panel's tough because, as you would know, when you have four people sitting there and you have a tight time slot, everybody's trying to get their opinion, and mm-hmm. you don't get an opportunity to say much. But when you're calling a game. The floor is yours. Yeah, and you got to be quicker too. Yeah, and I mean that's the difference between being on the panel too. Is now you've watched, you've heard the analyst, so you can you have time to get your notes together. And if you just think about the guys on Fox, like they bring in and they pay those guys a fortune. Jeez, I know. So you look at you look at what say Fox is, and let's just use Fox as an example. So you bring in Jimmy Johnson, you bring in. Strahan, uh, Michael Strahan. You bring in um, Howie, yep. uh, Howie Long, Long and uh, quarterback one. Bradshaw. Yeah, Terry Bradshaw. Those guys are getting paid millions and mm-hmm. millions of dollars, and they get twenty five, thirty seconds, literally. You know, I mean, they at for, for the conference championship. They brought JJ Watt on, and mm-hmm. he literally sat there and said like half a sentence right at the end, and that was it. It was a big joke because people were talking how good he looked just sitting there. Well, that's the eye candy, I guess. Pay him. <laughs> Eddie's going, how do I get that job? Gee whiz, yeah. man. And, and that's the, the other thing. When you are you have those panels and then there's the panel for the next panel, you know, and just wait till you see the Super Bowl coverage on Sunday. Yeah. It's- and I mean, I'm not saying telling our listeners anything they don't know, because if you were to watch 
because it's going to start at 10 in the morning. So you're going to watch eight hours of pregame. pre-game yep. And there'll be panel after panel after panel. You know who I've been enjoying? I don't know if you've caught much of him this season, but he's really grown. Luke uh, Wilson. Luke Wilson. He, I agree I with like that. Him. Yeah. I like him. He's good with Jay Onright. Uh, Sunday nights kind of yeah. at the end. And he's been doing it. And, he, you know, he's been. There's another since. Okay. So we're going to have uh, Dave Naylor from TSN on. Mm-hmm. So Dave Naylor's down. They're with each other. They're, and Yeah. They're with each other. But then James Duthie is with Luke Wilson yep. and uh, and Sanchez. Yeah. Oh, is that how it's going? The two, the three of them are together, I believe, and then, and then Dave and Farhan, Farhan are yeah. kind of, yeah, yeah, you know. But that just, uh, they're, they're, uh, well, so you want to talk about things? I don't even. I sh- I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I don't care. So on on uh, Thursday, or I guess yes, yes, yesterday morning, late Wednesday night, Thursday, Bell lays off. Mm. 4,800 people, okay, cans, whatever, how many stations, sells how many other stations, say it's not viable, which is a blatant lie. The The head of Bell should be ashamed of himself for saying that. It's an absolute joke that he said it. Mm-hmm. But then you go out and say, well, we're going to send how many people to the Super Bowl? Mm. Mm-hmm. So... If you're one of those Bell employees that got axed, feel for you, man. Hold your tongue, Kevin. Yeah. Hold your tongue. You know, feel for you. I see the blood boiling. But now you're, now, oh, let's go spend it's craziness. $15, $20 million on our weekend coverage just for craziness. salaries, employees, mm. flights, accommodations, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. So there's a way to do things make they it didn't make do it. sense make there's it a, make sense how does a, bell even have any employees left with all the cuts it's ridiculous <laughs> um, th- I, we talked about this i've been saying this for years and this is coming in from uh from jcd um we were talking about shohei otani if if the jays would have signed him your rogers plan would have went up so this is from jcd it must be because of the 400 dollar phone bill i never paid them 15 years ago but all the phone bills go up that's how these companies are paying for stuff like this. For teams, for broadcast rights. See what happened when the NHL rights come up in a couple of years. You know, Bell was, you know, Sportsnet Rogers came in and just hamstrung him. I'm going to correct you. I'm going to correct okay. you. You said that's how these companies pay. That's how we pay. We, we as pay. the consumers, because we're the ones paying. Yeah, for they're it at paying the end for the day. Right. Yes, I'm, yes, you know what I mean. I feel you. I feel yeah. you. Uh, getting back to the, I, that was my rant for the day. So uh, had to pull you back in yeah. there. <laughs> Googie said no mention a Dutchie. Darren Detition. different. Dutchie's kind of what a we're good one. I, I really enjoy Dutchie too. He's yeah. a great panel host. He used to work at ITV. You knew that, right? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. No, I did not. Yeah. I came, I think, about a year or two after he left. Dutchie never called football, right? Am I, or am I tripping? He, he called a few games. He called some hockey games back in the day. Hockey, I remember. Um, I'm not sure if he ever did a football game. Yeah, I, I think he's more of a host. Yeah. But, yeah, he's a good one. Braden doesn't like Luke Wilson. Sorry uh, for that one, Eddie, but... Ah. Everyone has their opinion about mm-hmm. who they like. And that's the thing. There are some, I mean, a lot of people don't like me on the radio. So I'm sure that, hey, Duke, you get it all the time. Get this guy oh, off pe- the air. Yeah, no, I get it about me. People despise me. <laughs> oh, no. How can you dislike the Duke? Dude, you guys put any opinion out there on Twitter and someone's not going to like you. Oh, no, exactly. 
so. but to, to build on that, Kevin, like you said, like everybody has their preference. Like Joe Buck has been doing this for how long? Mm-hmm. We talked about that a while. Yeah. I think it was with Grant when I had it on uh, in an in or out segment. Like Joe Buck has covered several sports for a lifetime. Of course, his dad doing it. But there's still people that despise him calling games. Well, enough people like him that ESPN shelled out the bag to get him and uh, Aikman over yeah. across to their side of the table. So yeah. he must be doing something right. It's just preference. Some people like the way Jack Michaels calls games, and other people say he gets you know a little too amped up for things that don't really matter, maybe or stuff. And it's it's just preference. Boy, mm-hmm. uh, Louis DeBrusque. He catches a lot of flack. I like Louis. I, I, I think Louis and Jack are, are tremendous. Probably among the best pairs in the league for for like uh, regional broadcasts, without a doubt. Top of the hour, we will have Jordan Hall from NBC Sports in Philadelphia, plus Dave Naylor down in Vegas for the Super Bowl, and obviously keeping tabs on a busy week in the CFL with signings and a couple of your guys. Uh, Eddie ended up staying in. Winnipeg, Brady Oliveira, most imp- that you know. And yeah, so there's surprising. A, yeah, I, left money on the table a little bit, I think, but you know, got stays, and you know, he likes what's going on there. So home is home, I guess. You bet. Uh, before that, we will have a, uh, a sports fourteen forty update brought to you by First Round this Sunday. You can watch the Chiefs and the Forty ers play in the big game. Great food specials throughout the contest. That's only at first round right here in the mall. And then on 104 Ave. Here is the Duke.